0: All right, ladies and gentlemen, I'm going to welcome you to another episode of We Create Music TV. I am your host, B. Vaughan, and today we have my man, music creator and educator, Lurick. Yo, yo, what's going on, good people? Brother, welcome to the show. Greatly appreciate you, you being here, man, to kind of just share your experiences, your, your knowledge,
1: and to just kind of, uh, you
0: know, just impart to us, man, just, you know, Do what what you do.
1: man. Well, I'm definitely honored to be here. And um, it's been dope just seeing the growth um, just of your brand and you as an individual, as a creator yourself. So I'm happy
0: for you, man. Man, I appreciate it, brother. I mean, we've known each other for a long time. So, I mean, now everybody else gets to know, you know, Luric O'Shea and to find out who you are, what you do and what you're about. So, man, if you could just start us, you know, start off just talking about your
1: i'm saying your musical journey a journey yeah um i think with a lot of people you know it started at a young age um you know i grew up watching the box um some of y'all that might not know what that is but that was before mtv2 that's how we used to see music videos so we would call in or I wouldn't call in because i would get in trouble for that but (laughs) me and my cousin would sit around all day waiting for somebody to call in and hopefully play the video that we want to see and i just remember at a very young age seeing artists on stage and saying to myself that's what i want to do i want to be a rapper um but as i grew up to be honest i was i was ashamed to tell to tell people that like Mm. like who like Like, man, people are going to laugh at me and look at me crazy if I say at career day I want to be a rapper. Um, But that is what I wanted to do. And so I'll probably say about 14 or 15 years old is where I start taking it seriously. Um, Long story short, I just got put put out of school. That was kind of a a life-changing moment for me. Um, So I started growing in my faith um, and my relationship with the Lord. And actually started as a christian rapper so back when i was 14 or 15 all the way through college i exclusively did christian hip-hop so i started as an artist first mm.
0: yeah. yeah 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 i mean i know that but you know not everybody else know that
1: <laughs> oh for sure for but sure yeah. and um and so it's it's been an interesting journey just to see how The passion hasn't changed the skill set or the gifting hasn't changed, Mm -hmm. but the platforms in which I use it has. So I was just talking to a friend of mine, Christy, uh, last night just about kind of telling a similar story. So I felt like last night was an impromptu practice, you know, Mm. for this live feed. And um And so when I moved to Nashville, so I came to Nashville, Tennessee, which is where I'm based now in 05 to go to school for audio engineering. Mm -hmm. So uh, when I was in a rap group um, in high school and college, we had, you know, we had some big shows uh, for some big Christian artists open up for cross movement out of Eden Virtue and Mm -hmm. people will come up to us after shows like oh man we gotta get you out in the studio let's just change a few things let's do blah 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 i'm like "Er, we ain't ain't changing enough yeah it was like what you mean (laughs) change so i'm like you know what i'm going to college next year i'm gonna learn how to do all this stuff we're gonna start Mm -hmm. our own label our own studio take over the world you know whatever um but when i finished undergrad it was like I knew a little bit of radio, I knew TV, I knew mm. music, but I didn't feel confident walking up to somebody, giving them a card, saying, hey, mm. contact me for your next single. It was like, nah, I need to learn a lot more. And that's what mm. brought me to Nashville. So I went to audio engineering school. So I've wanted to do this since the eighth grade. I was, what, 13? I just had a birthday, 38. So for 25 years, just has been the consistent mm-hmm kind of drive passion interest for me and um and yeah so just while i was in school learning engineering i kind of picked up beat making um essentially as a means to an end like you know what i need to practice my mixing so i can be better than everybody else in my class Mm -hmm. but i don't have anything to practice on so like you know what i'm gonna start making my own beat just so i can learn how to mix and then just through trial and error you know, I kinda gradually went from that sucks to that doesn't suck as bad to that sucks but only a little bit yeah. and gradually getting to the point where it's like, hey, all right, I know I got some heat, you know what I'm right. saying? Right. So that that's my journey on the creation side as far as being a music mm. creator. Yeah. You know, I, I think the reality is is
0: that I mean in the beginning, man, we all suck. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's the but I, You know, I can go back and listen to my very first beats and still be like, trash. It's trash. Dude, like, oh, okay, I, maybe, maybe this one got potential. Nah, it's trash. It's trash.
1: I, dude, I felt so bad because I found some old beat CDs and then mm. it's like, it's kind of like that time. Remember, I had long locks for a while yeah, uh-huh, uh, yep. and it's like that time when. You find your, your first pictures of when you started growing lots <laughs> and you and you thought you were sexy back then, you look back and you see them little inchworms in your head and you like, yo, yeah, yo, I thought I was killing it, man. I'm like, Y'all let me walk out the house like that. Um <laughs> that's how I feel when I listen I like yep. yo. Even when I thought I was like starting to cross that line, when I listen back to it, it's like mm-hmm. definitely yeah. wasn't ready. And for me, <laughs> For me, it was it was frustrating because when I was in a Christian rap group, my brother made all the beats. Mm-hmm. So I, I started getting my hand in production in a sense of like a Diddy style or mm-hmm. if we want to go old school, Sylvia Robinson that produced The Message and yeah. Rapper's Delight. Yeah. She didn't play any of those instruments, but she orchestrated it. She arranged right. it. She sure. said, do this, do that. So that's kind of how I would do during practice while i'm writing rhymes i'd be like hey man can you hey can you make it stop right there can you add this sound mm-hmm. um but i sucked at making beats so much so <laughs> that i gave him my keyboard my mom bought me this new probably like 200 hundred dollar keyboard for christmas i tried a few i'm like you know what here man you here you use it man like <laughs> it'll be more beneficial um right you know, but his older beats, I mean, he was killing it back in the day, you know, on a motif, MTV Music Generator, the little Yamaha keyboard. He was killing it. So, you know, everybody has their own journey. You know what I'm saying? So that wasn't my time, you know, back then.
0: hmm. Hey, I, look, I completely understand that, brother. We all got yeah. we all have a certain time when we realize, is this really the path that I want to go in and pursue mm-hmm. or is it is it really not? And I think sometimes even when you're in the game for a long time, you still kind of debate that within yourself to go, dang, is this really what I should be doing? Because I I even have that, you know, I'm not the greatest producer in the world, but, I mean, if I was, you know, I would be crazy rich. But I still struggle at some point to go, man,
1: is this what I'm really supposed to be doing? You're not the only one, man. Um, Yeah, you're not the only one. I just... Whew. Yeah, go ahead. Look,
0: I know, no, because I know people in the industry currently they still battle with that same type of yeah. thought process. Like, wow, like I suck, and these people got major placement with major yeah, artists, Grammys and Grammys, and they still record. That's yeah. right, and they and they still kind of. And I think that's important for anybody to kind of to kind of learn is that even if you are at the level where you feel you make it, there are going to be times when you still kind of struggle, and you're going to sure. kind of have to realize and kind of deal with that. And say, and to kind of push through it no matter what, to to pursue your dream because we know this industry will will pick you up, it will chew you up, it will spit you out, and you got to have tough skin. If you got very light skin, you're not really gonna you're not gonna make it too too much yeah. in, in this industry. Yeah. So, I, now go ahead.
1: Oh yeah, I was I was gonna say I just had someone. Um am industry figure that I know and respect and, you know, well vetted and experienced in the industry. Mm-hmm. You know, someone that we both know um, pretty much just told me like, hey, man, I think your production could be a lot stronger. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? And it was like and as I'm hearing that, of course, there's a lot of different ways you could react. You mm-hmm. know, I could have I been a childish. What? What you mean, man, you just don't know what you're talking about, man. My stuff is John Blaze. You know, I could have <laughs> could have been that right. or it could have been well dang well so much for this or it could have been you know kind of where i'm more my actual response was like oh all right man i feel you okay so my mind is like well i said hey so we'll definitely have to follow up on this conversation because because now that you're saying it's like i want to know you know let's break it down like boom i sent you 10 beats All right, let's break it down. What could have been stronger? Is it drum selection? Is it melody? Is it? I know it's not mix. You know, because I be killing mixes. I'm not even gonna lie. I'm I'm dope at mixing. Um, So I know it's not that. Yeah, I said it. Yeah, Um, that's right. You stated, brother. It's funny because that's what I always wanted to do. Like Mm. the beat making just came about as a means to an end, and -hmm. then I started liking it. But it's like, yo. If if the day come where it's like, yo, your beats is trash, that's okay. I'm still going to mix songs and, like, I'm still right. going to be in the room. I'm still going to be on the team. You know right. what I'm saying? Hey, so.
0: hey your mix is straight on point. Man. So, mix is on point. It. I mean, that's what you went to school for. You know what I'm saying? Like, so, so you're operating, even though you're doing, you know, the, the beat production and you were doing the artistry, you still mm-hmm. are operating in what you what you really went to school for which was audio engineering right so correct you know if somebody was to come to tell me that my beats were trash uh, okay i mean maybe i didn't go to school for for beat making i went to school for organizational leadership and and development so now if you tell me and that and you
1: are definitely <laughs> using those skills now, man like you, i
0: see it. <laughs> if you tell me that i can't train Okay, now then we got a problem, right? so that's, right, that's like because that. that's what my gift is in. That's what I truly operate in. So if you were to tell me that. And I think that's important for people to to understand is that people need to operate where they're really, really talented and really strong. And okay. I, I think really, people try to take on way too much. Oh, I could do this, oh, I could do that. Oh, I, can be oh, I, can be oh, I yep. could be a model, I could be a photographer, I could be, you know, a host. I could be, and it's like, first, you really can't be all, well, you could probably be all of those, but in reality, you're not going to be a master, you know, it's like the phrase a, a jack of all trades, jack a master, master, of, master, none. master of none, right? See, I'm a master I'm at good. training, yeah.
1: but I'm, I'm not, I'm not a master at beat that. making. Yeah. See, but I'm glad you said that because I think sometimes some people can take that out of context, right? Mm-hmm. Like, sometimes people can use that to discourage people that are multi-talented. Like, like, there are some people that, know can do multiple things at a very high level, right? And it's unless they're asking you for help or unless you see somewhere where they're clearly dropping the ball, it's not really your place to tell somebody else what they can and can't do. You know what I'm saying? Um, now, if it's a thing where, where it's like, oh, well... You know you're not doing good at it Then sometimes you do need that nudge To be like hey man I really see you excelling You know what I'm saying In this particular area Um, And that's the thing too It's a difference between quitting And changing your mind Like I think we all have Have experienced that Like something where you gave up Just because it was hard And you didn't push through Versus you know what For example rapping I didn't quit rapping. I'm a dope rapper. I'm dope with the pin game. I've had some nice experiences. I just changed my mind. Mm-hmm. It wasn't like it wasn't like oh man, I can't make it. It was like you know what? I enjoy this, but I want to focus on this more. Mm-hmm. You know. But you know, I mean, honestly, rapping w- was the thing. No matter how beats go, rapping is the thing where it's like, kind of like Kanye. Can't tell me nothing. You know what I'm saying? Like, like, seriously, I'm like, yo, don't, yeah, don't, yeah, Yeah, don't, you you know? And I had, and I know we're gonna get into it later. Um, but when I was teaching at the high school, I had multiple students that would like try to battle me, and it's just like that ain't what you want, you know? Um, (laughs) I remember you telling, look, I remember you telling me that too. (laughs) It would happen. Like they would try to
0: like try to have like actual real.
1: Real battles. Yeah. I mean, and for me, it was fun because I had that relationship with him, you know. Um, and in all honesty, I won't say, like, I never lost a battle, but I won't say it wasn't a few close ones. Like, it was a couple of close ones where I'm like, man, you, re- you really tried to get me. You know what I'm saying? I, Look, I, had to, I had to dig in my bag to, uh, you know, pull, pull some old school stuff up. <laughs> Look, cause, that's because they they went home and practiced and was
0: like, you know what? I'm gonna get man. to teach. I'm gonna get I'm gonna get Mr. Mr. O'Shea today. Dude.
1: That, <laughs> yeah, I had one kid mm-hmm. Curtis. Man, he was um, he was persistent, man. I mean, I'm talking about he would come back multiple, multiple, multiple times. Mm. And I'm like, but but I love that persistence and that resiliency. Mm-hmm. Because even as adults, we have to display that all the time all the in time work, in family and creation it's like okay, like for example, I sent somebody ten beats recently I felt really good about them you only picked two of them so it's mm. like so I could you know I could be like dang for real, you wasn't mm. rocking with this one, hey, but you were rocking with two of them, so it's like you know you know and, you know
0: honestly i I think. I think I'm gonna come back to the high school thing in just a moment, but I think okay. that's critically important too is that people get discouraged when you send a whole bunch of beats and they only pick one or two. And it's like, well, wait a minute, all these beats were, were fire. But they really they may not realize that at this particular moment, those ones that they did not pick may not be ones that they just don't like. It may not be ones that fit the current project, the that current mode, or yeah. the direction that they're going in. So they may come back that's to them true. later. And then that's I think something that you said is, is the response. And, I, I, you know, when I was teaching in corporate America, I think that's what people didn't understand. Right. So, you know, I taught seven habits of highly effective people for, oh, man, many, many years. And one of the things that we talk about in that course is, you know, being reactionary and understanding that we have a stimulus and then that we have response a response. But in that space is our freedom to choose our actual mm-hmm. actions that we're going to take. And I think in that millisecond people have to really realize, how am I going to respond to, to this? So I'll give you an example. So there was a guy when I was in the, in the Army. I don't know, most people don't know I was in the military. But I remember when I was in the Army, there was this guy who was being disciplined for something he did, probably smoking weed or something. I don't even remember what it was, but it was something. <laughs> and so there's two ways you can handle this situation. And I've learned, because, I mean, I was young. I got in a fair amount of trouble in the, in the Army. But I've learned that however you respond back to your first sergeant, is going to be a good indication on the level of punishment that he dishes out mm. to you. Mm. Right? And so if you were respectful, if you took accountability, if you, you know, didn't push blame onto others, if you was just you know straight up with him, the the I'm, the severity of the punishment was very minimal. But if you lied to him, if you try to con your way out of it, you didn't you try to blame others, then it was the Made highest it level. It was the highest yeah. level. You was gonna get article 15, 45 days, right? It was it was gonna be the highest. And I remember this guy when he got in trouble. <laughs> and we're all outside. Then and you can hear him in an argument with the first sergeant, and all of a sudden the first sergeant, you hear the first sergeant was like, What? What the you doing? You, you peeing on my he <laughs> He peed on mm. the first sergeant's desk. Bruh. See, and so in how you respond to certain things, and granted he was kicked out of the military, but how you, respond to, how you respond to things yeah. also is an important part of a person's trajectory. That really goes back to a person's mentality. I love how you said, you know, how when that person gave you feedback about your beach, you, did, you didn't go, oh, that's whatever, dude. That's just your own opinion or "Well, oh, I'm going to give up. No, you was seek, trying to seek constructive criticism out of it. And I think if a lot of people had that, that'll take them a lot further today. For sure, for yeah. sure. Yeah. Okay, so I want to go back to high school. Okay. Well, not you in high school, but right. Uh, so <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: yeah okay, I, would, so, I would not go back to high school. Right, man. College. Me either.
0: Man, me either. College for sure, but not high
1: school.
0: <laughs> okay, so so you move from, you move from the DMV. I mean, you didn't even tell people you're from DMV. Oh
1: yeah, yeah.
0: Like yeah. Like, like how, how yeah. you not how you not say I,
1: that? I'm I know. Forget <sighs> yo, my people <laughs> back home. Forgive me, they every day. So. So yes, I am a Nashville-based producer, music creator, but the DMV raised me. So born in DC, raised in Prince George's County, Maryland. Um mm. and then went to college in Philadelphia and then Nashville. So that's kind of like my geographical right. timeline, but that that's right. you know. So yeah. And, and I, you know, I, I, look, I'm a DMV too. So
0: yeah. born born in Baltimore. Raised in Virginia, you know what I'm saying? So, but got relatives in Prince George County, but uh, okay, so so you end up moving from the from you went to Philly,
1: right? Went to to Philly for undergrad, and then once I graduated undergrad, I went to Nashville go back to school and Mm -hmm. just never left 15 years later, right? You fell in love with the city, of course. I see. Do you know what? Um, it's a funny, funny story how I end up staying down here it mm-hmm. it was never the plan like i actually had potential opportunities back in philly mm-hmm. you know what i'm saying with uh some artists and in um you know independent christian companies up there so the the plan okay. the whole time was go down here for nine months finish my school go back to philly because i was really oh, okay. plugged in in philly i was plugged in with my church community mm-hmm. i was plugged in on the Christian hip-hop scene. So that mm-hmm. was the plan. When I moved down here and I went to school, um, basically a financial thing came up. So even though I had ah. finished school, I hadn't received my diploma yet, hadn't officially graduated, till mm-hmm. like a year later. It was a whole nother year Whoa. before I was even able to pay my balance. Right, So I felt like right. that year kept me here. Um, then... Summer of, was it two thousand six? I think summer two thousand six. Mm-hmm. Uh, I had an accident. I wrecked my car. Now the reason why that matters is because at the time, I had an internship at Toby Mac Studio. Um, if anybody oh, okay. doesn't know, Toby Mac is like one of the hugest like Christian artists mm-hmm. like alive. So I was interning at his studio. So it was a room there for Toby Mac for the grits for David and Nicole Hey the grits Oh see Mullen yeah um yep. and so all of this was going on in his one building but when mm. I wrecked my car it was like I couldn't get out there for my internship so that was another thing that I felt like all right well I can't go I can't go back now cuz I'm going to feel like a failure you know and so it was the little things that kept me here and then eventually You know, within like a few years, I was like, you know what? This is home. I'm staying. I'm like, I like it. I like the cost of living. I like how it's close to everything. You know, like what some people don't understand Nashville is not like down south. Nashville is not the dirty south. Nashville is mid south. You know what I'm saying? But we're, they're about, Mm -hmm. they're about like five, five or six like major cities and states that you can get to within like a couple of hours. I can get to oh, yeah. Memphis, Knoxville, Atlanta, Lexington, Kentucky. I can get to like all of these places within the same amount of time. So I like right. that. Um so that's why I end up staying initially it was because of setbacks and then finally I just said, okay, this is an intentional choice. I'm going to stay right now and make it work. Hmm. Hey,
0: you know what? I don't blame you. I mean, it's been it's been a, a really good place for you because not only did you get into you know audio engineering, but you ended up teaching at high school. Yeah. Yeah. So um, talk.
1: So how did that come about? Talk about yeah. that. So um, that was never the plan. I was not an <laughs> education major in undergrad, um, but I had work with youth. Mm-hmm. since I was 15. So majority of my experience has been working with kids, whether it was youth leadership team, um, and undergrad. I also had, um, I did, uh, I was wanting to get smart tutors. So I did tutoring at after school program. I've done summer camps, you know, all of that stuff. So a lot of my experience has been, re- you know, centered in that, um, <sighs> So the way the teaching thing came about, the summer of 2012, um, I had been working at a call center. Um, and forgive me if I if I look off camera. It's like the words are in the air somewhere. And I'm just trying to grab them and organize my thoughts. It's yeah, um, all good. Yeah, but so I was working at this call center. And even before that, I worked at Target. And that's a whole nother story about my Nashville experience as far as Yeah, we can get into that later as far as doing what you gotta do until you can do what you wanna do. But Mm. uh yeah, a friend of mine encouraged me with that when I was teaching at summer camp. And so every summer, Target and then later on the call center, they would let me go do the summer camp. I would take two weeks off. It would be one paid, you know, I would save up my leave time. So I would I would get paid one week, and then the camp would compensate me the next week, whatever my job was paying me. Um, So this particular summer, 2012, this was going to be the second summer that I went for the whole summer. So six weeks instead of two. The summer, the year before, they let me do it. It was no problem. It was like, man, I'm just taking leave. I know I'm not getting paid for it. Whatever. It was all good. So 2012 came around. And all this connects to how I started teaching. 2012 came around. I was ready to do the same thing. Also, I had let the lease on my apartment expire because I'm like, you know what? I'm about to be gone for like a month and a half. I want to move anyway. I'm not going to pay rent for a month. So I'm going to just find another place. Long story short, new supervisor at work came to me and was like, what if we can't let you go? I'm Mm. like, I'm like, what do you mean? (laughs) Wait a minute. (laughs) We we already got this plan. I'm like, well, I'm like, I'm like, bro, I just let my lease expire. I can't stay here because I don't have nowhere to live. And so basically, you say, what if we can't let you go? I'm like, well, I mean, I'm going to have to find another job. Um, so that's what happened. So I quit my mm. job with the option to return. They were like, hey, you leave leaving on good terms. It's all good. You can you can come back if it don't work out, whatever. Mm-hmm. Of course, in my mind, that whole summer, I'm like, I do not want to go back. I do not want to <laughs> go Because every time I'm at summer camp teaching music, I'm mm-hmm. in my element. And then mm-hmm. the thought of "Ah, I'm going to have to leave this and go back at some point would right. bring it down. Um, so long story short, so that whole summer, I didn't, have a, I didn't even have time to look for a job. I mm. underestimated how tired I would be on the weekends once the children went home, right? right. So a friend of mine, shout out to a uh, former NFL player and coach, um, Renee Stewart. Um, he's kind one of one of, uh, one of a handful of men that have spoken truth into me at different seasons of my life so he comes he drops his kids off at camp and he's telling me about a new position his wife got you know he was like yo Sonya, she's the new principal you know at this school man they got the million dollar studio they got this they got that so of course my eyes are like wide open like what bro i gotta get in there like man you say something to her man like bro this is what I do. You know, and he like, I right. know man, I'm I'm going to say something to her. yada yada yada. So, at the end of the week she came and picked up her kids. Mm-hmm. And so we were talking and um and, and long story short, spare all the details, um we set up an interview. Um or I sent my resume, you know, set up an interview, came in came in person, did the interview mm-hmm. um in Nashville, the campus in Kentucky. So at the end of camp, came did the interview. Later on that night, she emailed me like, "Hey, I'm gonna recommend you for the job," and um, and the rest is history. So it came about by being one consistent in what I'm passionate about, right? Like she would not even have thought about. Um, Excuse me, real quick. She would not even have thought about or considered hiring me for that I had I had no formal teaching education or background mm-hmm. you know but she knew what I did you know what I'm saying like for five or six years at this right. summer so she was able to see me not only teach the technical but also how I interacted with the young mm. men at camp um mm. and so I think for me that's how it happened I think one it was being faithful in what you're good at right. and building relationships. Like my mom always said is now what, you know, is who, who, you know, so, right. so yeah, that, that's how the whole teaching thing came about. Um, mm. I was like, I was like a fish out of water, man. I grew up, <laughs> I grew up K through 12 in private Christian school. Mm. And then all of a sudden I'm teaching at this inner city public high school. It mm. was, mm. it was culture. It was culture shock at first, to be honest. Mm. In what ways? Um, In a lot of ways. Well, let me first say the, the ways in which it wasn't culture shock. Okay. Being around my people, because it was school, like 95% African American. That wasn't the culture shock part. Like, there was comfort in that. It was like, oh, man, I love being around my people, like, you know. Mm-hmm. That was easy. The culture shock was seeing how things operated differently. Like seeing how classroom management was. Like I was like, man, man, we would never do that when I was in school. You know, um, even just dealing with um, some of the behavior at the time, I personally, I personally wasn't used to. So, so that that's just a little bit how. Um, how
0: I was, how it was culture shock for me. Yeah, that's, wow, I'm coming it through in that type of environment from where you were to where you went into. I can definitely see how that was a <laughs> a, a culture shock, man. Like it's big time. is 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 big time difference. So big time difference. But I I do want to go back to something that you you said. And, and so, pretty much, this is my interpretation of what you said. Oh, okay. you while, who you text Look, I'm gonna be like, who are you taxing? No, stop. <laughs> and see, I You know, so, look, it's little, I can do that because I know you. But
1: right, right. <laughs> yeah, I'm actually because I overheard what you were saying in the background. I was making sure that I actually sent the uh, sent the link out to a few, <laughs> of, a few of the groups and stuff I'm in. Um, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. I was talking to my tech guy over there.
1: Yeah, I forgot to put it in my uh, in my podcast group. Uh, notes. I'm about to do that right now mm-hmm. on the Faders Up podcast page on uh, Facebook.
0: Oh yeah, I make sure. So we got to talk about that. We'll get into Faders. We'll get into, oh, sure, into Faders sure. Up here in just a moment. But I think something that you said that was important was that. It's, so this is my interpretation. You were doing what you were doing. You were out there, you know, at the summer camp, doing the music classes that you were doing, and that's what you were doing, right? And you had no idea that other people were watching you do what you do and taking note. And I think people don't really realize that. Because one of the things that we talk about in corporate America, and of course, you know, I still work in corporate America today, is the fact that you are always interviewing.
1: Always, always interviewing for the next job.
0: Always, you know, in my role as, as one of the leaders within our organization, I'm always looking at people because I'm always interviewing them right and so when i get positions that are open and i'm and i'm filling those positions and interviewing people i i remember a whole bunch of other stuff oh i remember yep. the time you was over there and and some yep.
1: you got mad and threw stuff and like I you used were always used to tell students the same thing i used to tell them the same thing i had a kid mm-hmm. come to me one time and i would tell him i'm like hey i would tell them in the beginning hey y'all take this serious you going to need college recommendations you going to want job references so I had a kid come to me his senior year. I hadn't taught him since sophomore sophomore year, but sophomore year, he was a handful. I ain't gonna lie. He was one of them kids that got on my nerves. Um, <laughs> any any teacher that says kids don't get on your nerves, stop lying. I can't even take you seriously. Um, now the key is to make sure that the way you treat them isn't any different, right? So I still. Treated him with the same amount of love and respect and care as any other kid. But, you know what I'm saying? He, he was a knucklehead. You know, not not a malicious kid. But long story short, it was senior year, and he's looking for college recommendations. And I'm not going to lie. He came to me, and he said, hey, Mr. Johnson, man, can you uh, fill out this college recommendation for me? And, man, I ain't going to say it. it broke my heart because it was like, nah, it wasn't really that deep, but... I was I was sad that I couldn't write him the recommendation. And I said it to him very honestly, very, you know, nicely. I was like, "You know what? I'm like, Vic, I haven't taught you since sophomore. Yeah, I'm like, I haven't been around you and I'm like, so if I wrote a recommendation, it would only be based on what you did sophomore year." Mm-hmm. And I was like, "I don't I don't think you want me to do that." He was like, "All right, man. Thanks anyway, Mr. Johnson." Right. I'm like, I'm like, "But but go check with, you know, Check with your senior advisory teacher, or check with your practicum teacher—somebody that you spent mm. every day with this school year. You know, so it's not that I was hating on them or that right. I, you know, it's like, oh, I hope it worked out. It's just when you're getting them recommendations, you want to get the best one possible, and I'm not mm-hmm. going to lie for you. You know what I'm saying? So, no sir, that's, oh, that's why I tell yeah.
0: people straight up: if you want a recommendation from me, that one is going to be truthful, and two. It better be something that we did within the last six months, a year together, because I can't give you a recommendation if it was two, three years ago. I mean, exactly. I don't know. I don't know what your work performance has been in that time since we no longer work together. So, I, I, yeah, I just can't. I can't do that. So,
1: exactly.
0: Man. Yep. So, OK, so you were teaching at the high school. Uh-huh. And so, so, so you got the job, of course, right? Yeah. And yep. so so you, how, how long did you teach at the high school and what was your experience like? Uh, And uh, when I say experience, literally, what were you teaching them uh, in that perspective?
1: Yeah, I got you. So I was at the high school for seven years from 2012 to 2019. Now, what's funny about it is when I was initially hired, I was hired part time. So my very first year teaching, I was at a school called Pearl Cone Entertainment Magnet High School Pearl Cohn versus everybody. You know what time it is. Five birds. Um, So I was there during the day. And then I was at another high school here in Nashville, uh, McGavick High School. I was there in the afternoons. Hmm. Um, And so. So, yeah, so I started part time um, now after spring break of my first year, the full time audio teacher, he didn't even come back after spring break. So. (laughs) Yeah, that's a He'll whole other like, never, like man, it, out. That's a whole another thing. But long story short, um, so I was I was promoted or elevated to full time that mm-hmm. second semester. Um, but yeah, so at at the high school at Pearl Cone, I was teaching audio production. That was the name of the course. Audio mm-hmm. production. And then at the other high school in the afternoon, it was an after school program, but I was still teaching the same thing. It was just It was a different dynamic because these are kids that chose to be here after school as opposed to the kids I had during the day where it was like, you have to be in school or they're going to get you for truancy, you know. Um, Mm -hmm. So within audio production, I mean, I would teach my kids everything from signal flow, uh, which is basically how to identify the start and the end point of a sound source and everything it does mm-hmm. from there, you know, so from the microphone to the converter, to the interface, to the EQ, to the, all the way, you know, it's like going in the maze all the way till it gets to your ear where you hear sound. So teaching them that, um, music production, I mean, uh, obviously teaching them how to make beats, how to arrange music, how to mix music. Uh, my first couple of years I was teaching acoustics as well. So my first mm. couple of years, I was teaching them about absorption and diffusion in studio design. Um, we did a lot of cool projects. One, projects. one project we did actually had my students build acoustic wall. Oh, my fault. I hit my microphone. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Y'all yeah, be all right, YouTube. I had my students create acoustic wall panels. Man, they loved it. Like cause so many kids are hands on. Hey. So when, man.
0: Man, how come you're not teaching that now? Bruh, um Hey look, look, cause I need some excuse to walk down. Man, you
1: bet you better you better holler at uh, Kevin Mayfield, man. Kev no, I came down to Atlanta and helped him Build and put up the acoustic treatment in his studio. Well, shoot, guess, he, ain't hey, even, he ain't even tell you that, did he?
0: No, no, no. I think <laughs> I remember y'all talking about that. I think that's why you came down here that one time was to help him do that. Yeah, yeah. But but you're gonna have to come down to Atlanta to help me do that. I need to redesign my uh, my studio, so Dude, I need some acoustic I, panels in there.
1: I want to get to Atlanta so bad. So it's funny you said that, um, or that the acoustic thing came up because just recently I put together, I did a consultation for dope hip-hop artist hip-hop artists here in Nashville. Shout out to Mr. Adams by the way. Um so he has like you know how some like apartment buildings have like the standalone like garages and stuff mm-hmm. and apartment so he got one of those so he's like, "Man, I'm gonna just man, I'm gonna just park in a parking spot and turn this into a studio." <laughs> so, which made perfect sense to me. Like, bro, Why if I'm living in man. And so um and so, yeah, so I did a consultation for him. I put together okay. a package for him where it was like, hey, you know, you got to determine and, and, and this is for everybody in music or whenever you're looking to acquire a product or a service mm-hmm. is three, it's three qualities or three attributes you want to keep in mind. But you can only get two out of three. So you need to prioritize. So it, it can be quality. It can be the time like the speediness in which you get the product or it can be cost you can't get all three you're not going to get something super quick super inexpensive and high quality you're you're not going to get it right so you have to choose your two so i asked him what what two things are most important to you in a studio is it is it high quality? Is it low cost, or is it getting it done real fast? What's most important? Um, and so, high quality, and you know, what I'm saying, and, and the and saving money was the priority. So I'm like, based on that priority, you should build it yourself. It'll take you longer, but you'll save you'll save money, and you can also verify, you know, that the quality mm-hmm. is going to be good. So. Mm-hmm. So that's what I would say with you before you even kind of embark on it. Just ask yourself, what what two or three things are the most important? All right. Right. Because if, if oh I know. Oh, uh, what what
0: are your to <laughs> the, mo- the most the impo- uh, most Well, I can tell you one thing. That's the most most. Uh, uh, freemium. I need I need the freemium. Got gotcha. you. Freem- yeah, freemium. Yeah. Well.
1: So yeah, mm-hmm. I don't yeah, I don't know <laughs> I personally don't know anybody that does the freemium, but
0: freemium I gotta
1: wait for you. All right, so first of all, all right, this Sunday matter of fact, in and offline I'll tell you, but make sure you go on the Faders Up Podcast um page on Facebook because we're interviewing a product specialist from Oralex. Uh, This Sunday. Okay. So if anybody don't know, Oralex makes a lot of bass traps and acoustic Mm -hmm. treatment. Um, And so if you're trying to do premium, then you're gonna have to start using your social your social currency. You know what I'm saying? So so imagine it's like you approach a company like Oralex and be like, "Look, I have this brand. We create music TV. Mm -hmm. These are followers. The this is who I work with. How can we partner together? Right." mutually beneficial your benefit mm-hmm. is you need free or very inexpensive products that's right so as long as what you can offer a company in return can justify that i see no reason why you can't parlay your see? way into a situation see i just helped look, you out look, man Look, see look at that look at yeah.
0: that And you know so speaking of that i mean that's kind of really how how things happen within the music industry too is mm-hmm. you know you All talked about you talked about you know it's not Uh, who you know, but who knows you, but it's also about those relationships and what you can kind of work out, right? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So like kind of doing certain things with friends, you know, and then finding out you got a friend who mixes and then you got an album that's going to be coming out soon. You're going to need to get some of them songs mixed. Uh And
1: and here's the thing you have, people have to understand. There's a Mm -hmm. difference between friends and professional re- people that you have a good relationship with,
0: you got that right,
1: right? So friends, so for friends, social social currency doesn't mean as much because we're friends with mm-hmm. or without music, right? That's but right. But professional relationships that you may be cool with, you can't abuse it. Because here's the thing: mm-hmm. so B, what what happens? What would happen if? you kept withdrawing money from your bank account huh, without putting you know, a deposit in.
0: You're gonna get you're gonna be bankrupt.
1: Yeah, you're gonna be overdraft. You're gonna oh, be in yeah. the negative. So it's not like your, your account gonna disappear right away, but you're gonna <laughs> right. be in negative. So that mm-hmm. means you're gonna have to do more just right. to get back to zero. So I say that to say with social currency, um, and I know, you know, we'll get to the question later, but for the people that are trying to get into the industry. What I would say is first, identify, identify your streams of social currency, right? Mm. So identify, you know, what they would call it, like identify your social currency credit lines, mm. and then be very intentional to make sure you make consistent deposits. That's right. Because here's the thing: if you always withdraw, withdraw, withdraw. People are going to notice that. And they're oh, going to be like, look at their phone. Oh, nah. Yeah.
0: Uh, they want something again. Note Ignore. Block. That's
1: right. Exactly. And That's so right. and then another tip with social currency, when you're making withdrawals, what I would suggest is the best as you can always make a deposit before a withdrawal. Like a that. lot of look at a that. lot of a lot of times, man. It's like people come to you like, hey man, you got so some... like when I meet new people at networking events mm-hmm. like here in Nashville, um, shout out to my sister Thalia Ewan. She has a I'm like plugging everybody. She has a um a company called Nashville is not just country music. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And it's everything from urban music mixers to playlists to urban songwriter. Mm-hmm. rounds to you know a lot of different things and whenever I'm meeting new people there one of the questions that I ask people is "Ah oh, man what you got going on and how can I support you mm-hmm. like even if I meet them, even if I'm thinking man this person could change my life I don't want to lead with that you don't right. want to come on thirsty so in me saying how can I support you is not being disingenuous no it's being right. honest it's like hey if I rock with you I do want to support what you got going on. How can I right. support? Eventually, once you make enough deposits, it ain't no thing when you need to make a withdrawal. Like, like, making those deposits is one of the reasons why even when I left the high school, which we didn't even kind of, I guess, fully close that story, but even when I left the high school, and unfortunately... um you know, it, it was some negative stuff around it um, that, I, mm. that I experienced, but I was able to walk away still with two page, two pages worth of references, and I'm still, and I'm teaching again at a college now, but we can get to that That's later. That's right. Professor,
0: Professor Luric O'Shea <laughs> Johnson. Professor. Mm. It was, <laughs> he is now a professor, folks. That's right. So salute to Professor O'Shea over there. Man, but, appreciate uh, it. I know I got. Yeah, yeah. I, got I, I, I know. I know changing, we didn't. I get high no, 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 no. Yeah. no you, you, you're good. I mean, I, I'm, I don't expect us to fully close out each each story, but it, I, I think some of the. I think if anybody's watching and listening, the gems that you you just dropped in there is. It was just tons of gems that that people need to think about. I was going to ask what book you've been reading lately, <laughs> because the reason why, because I know I know part of the, the the Seven Habits series, and I am coming out with a Seven Habits for Highly Effective Music hey, Creators series. I, I like hey. that. and a Networking in the Music Industry series, which touched on two things that you just talked about. One is you know making those deposits and trying to not make withdrawals. In, in Covey, they call it the emotional bank account, but in in our world, we, it's pretty much like social currency, right? Mm. So you know, the more deposits you make, the the better the relationship. The more withdrawals you make, the worse the relationship. But I mean, you already talked about that. Uh, but it is examining your social currency. But I think the the other part that that fits into that is, and that's what what my networking in the music industry thing is going to be about is. I, and I think you and I were at the same one with uh, Priscilla Renee. Did we go to that together?
1: That name's Oh, the, the did one we go to out that in LA, out in yeah, L.A. Uh-huh. The yep. Junior. Yo, yeah. yo, tell me why I ran into Priscilla Renee oh, you did? here in Nashville at one of the Nashville is not just country music <laughs> events.
0: <laughs> that's awesome, but well, that's awesome. But yeah, I mean, that was one of the things that she talked about, and I had learned that long ago in in corporate America is you don't always lead off about what you can what you want right and i think that's our culture today is yo here's my cd yo here's my cd yo check out my soundcloud you know I'll can you can you, can you put me on and it's just like well wait a minute that's kind of like a big turn off because you're like that's how you're going to enter this relationship is just with a shove stuff down my throat approach yep. and if yep, people think that work or now, now they just slide in your dms and put their whole album in your Instagram. Bruh, uh, I, I
1: just got that like literally yesterday. I got it in my DM and he emailed me which made me think like like, bruh, how did you get my email? email. I, had to, I had to actually go back <laughs> on my Instagram account and look at my profile like nope. I didn't put my email there. Nope. I didn't put it there. So I'm like how he got my email. I don't look,
0: know. Look I got to reward you for at least you know the the diligence in finding the the email address
1: man i i want i sure do yeah so uh,
0: so brother we've been talking a lot about a lot of different things so i want to talk about your own personal struggles and what you learned from those from those as well so you can share with the with the audience you know what were some of the things that you personally struggled with uh, as far as music and how did you overcome those
1: or what did you learn from those to help you move forward Struggles, so struggles with music um I think one is just the time you know, um I think you know, like they say, like uh, overnight success is really like twelve years in the making, and so I think the time that it's taken you know to to get to just a a what I would consider a minute measure of success can be frustrating you know um, mm. I mean I, I kind of divide my, my time in Nashville so far into kind of like seven years where I feel like the first seven years were struggle the la- the second seven years is when I started teaching which I feel like that was just success because now I'm I'm doing what I love I'm working with kids and I'm still growing in my music and you know and I'm my, my professional network is now expanding. Um, and so all that stuff was great, but leading up to that, it was self. So I think the time that it takes, um, I think the other frustration too is recognize or not being good at everything you want to be good at. Um, like growing up, like I was the type person, I I could be good at video games without reading instructions I could put together some basic, you know, assemble bookcases and stuff. Mm-hmm. I don't need the instructions, you know. Um look, you don't need the instructions until you actually
0: put it together and then part of it's like this.
1: Right. <laughs> but but like, but like even then, I mean, I guess the point I'm making is that I've 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 been accustomed to being at the at the minimum proficient, right? So at mm-hmm. the minimum like you know, like, I can do this with most things. Mm-hmm. So when I come across things where it's like, oh, that's challenging. Like, for example, a big challenge for me with music creation in the beginning was music theory. I didn't know music theory. I mean, I'm talking about I didn't know any. I mean, I knew the the words major scale and minor scale, but I didn't know what they meant. Right. right. So I had mm-hmm. I had to teach myself music Theory. um trying to see some other challenges um i mean challenges i mean it's an ongoing thing right like you got that right like we do this interview in two weeks from now i, I could have something new came up i think now now that i'm kind of where i'm at in my career um and you know for the past year i've kind of been doing the entrepreneurial thing so it hasn't right. been you know a full-time job with with days off and and benefits and stuff it's been like getting it out the mud you know whether mm-hmm. you know in in one week I can do man I I've I've had times in the past year where within a week I've done a couple of after school programs studio sessions driven for lift and you know what I'm saying like in all that, oh, I did it again. in order and <laughs> all that stuff and all that stuff adds up to cool, man. I made a living. Man, I can pay my bills this week. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Hey, we see our first comment. Uh Donnell Walter said, hey, Rick. Hey, what's going on? Shout out to my brother. When I mentioned earlier, I was in a Christian rap group. uh Donnell Walter that left that comment was one of the four members in the rap group with me. So nice. sh- shout out to my brother. Um But yeah, I think the challenge recently now is just managing time time management you Mm -hmm. know it's kind of like there are a lot of things i want to do but especially because of COVID, bills are piling up and it's like what can i do Mm -hmm. that's gonna make me money right now right right so that's one challenge and then i think another challenge too is humbling and submitting yourself to leadership for example, mm. I'm I'm in an organization you're familiar with called Writing Sessions of America. Right. Shout out to my WSA fan. Um, so the challenge there sometimes is trusting the process, mm-hmm. right? Because a lot of times people come into the organization with, well, this is how I always do it. You know, or if you get negative feedback on one of your songs, then you still want to run, put it out anyway. You know, so I think that's the challenge. Right, is to to trust the process, you know what I'm saying? To to put value in weight in the in the professional opinion of somebody who's been where you haven't been yet, but also balancing that out with realizing but you can't put your entire life value in the hands of any one person other than God. You're right.
0: Yeah, that. I was Yeah, I was going to say that because, you know, this one person may say, oh, man, don't put that out. And that can just be their own opinion. But somebody else can hear that same song. And be like, oh, man, this song is fire. I think you should put that out. And I think it is a it is a balance, you know, to really be receptive to feedback, take that feedback, learn from it, but also to really figure out, OK, what's best in this situation, you mm-hmm. know, for for me, for my music, for my career, you know, and to to really just make that determination for yourself, because I've been in a situation where people go. Yeah. I heard, prime example, prime example is Teddy Riley, right? Teddy Riley when they came up with the whole No Diggity thing, everybody in the group was like, "Nope, don't put that out." Mm. They hated, they hated it. They were like, "No, really? Go, yes." Wow. They were like, "Nope." Teddy was like, "I'm telling you, this is the this is the hit. We put this out. This is the hit." No, don't want, don't want to know diggity. I mean, can you imagine what? I mean, if we didn't have what, no diggity, dude.
1: Right? No diggity mm-hmm. is even part of my R- like, part of my everyday speech. Like whenever somebody says something, mm. like like if my if a friend of mine be like, "All right, man, I'm gonna hit you up later," or "Oh man, thanks for X Y Z," I'd be like, "Oh no, diggity," because no in my mind, I'm like the next line is. No doubt. No doubt. So it's like that's me saying, that's "Oh, right. no doubt, no problem, no big deal." Mm-hmm. Um, but it's funny. I uh, see. See, my my friend Christie just sent me. Uh, she's watching. Just sent me a text saying, "No diggity." That's the bomb. <laughs> and so it's funny because, as you mentioned, not putting too much weight in what other people say. People that's trying to get in the industry understand we are not saying, mm-hmm. like, f what they saying. We I promise you we not saying that at all. I take nope. B I take B's advice, another <laughs> friend of ours, um, you know, uh Nab uh super producer, I take his advice. Uh my man Kevin Shine, the founder and leader of Writing Sessions America. I take all that stuff in. Um, but at the end of the day, it's kind of like you still have to make your own decision. Shout out to Genesis right now. Appreciate it. You still have to make your own decision. Mm-hmm. And accept what comes as a result of it, right? That's so if right. somebody tells you not to do something, and then you do it, and you don't get the result you want, you can't blame them. But sometimes sure, okay. they might tell you not to do it. You do it, and it shocks everybody. It's like, hey, That's you right. got to take the good with the bad. But, um, but the point I want to say before I forget, when you mentioned no diggity, uh, and this kind of ties into uh, what I'm teaching at the college level which mm-hmm. if we got time we can get into that but the everybody knows the three numbers even if you don't make music what all right so here, so here's, a trivia, que- here's a trivia question
0: here's a trivia question i'm about to fail
1: what <laughs> is what is the most popular number in hip-hop music what is the most popular number uh, the most popular, I don't... You better not get it wrong, like. either. Dang, that's something
0: like, why you put me on... You know, I'm an R&B guy, you know what I'm saying? like.
1: No, R&B, R&B too. R&B too. Most two. popular I mean, number? Honestly, my fault. I threw you off when I said hip-hop. Dang. What is the most, most popular, popular number? number in any electronic... Bi- yep, yep. Uh, My friend just texted me. She knows it. What Dang, that's because pro-
0: y'all probably talked about it, though.
1: Nah, nah, we ain't talking <laughs> about it. What is the most popular number... Four. In why 4?
0: I don't know. <laughs> Damn.
1: Oh, 08. 808's eight, eight oh eight, eight oh run. 80... You're talking about 808's eight oh as far as like... The... No, but that's the number, right? That's why it's a trivia question, bro. Man, yeah, you but... Anyway, I don't before... know if I
0: would get... But anyway, go ahead. Go ahead anyway, and say what you're going to say.
1: But, I mean, it's so popular. <laughs> I mean, we got groups named after it. We got albums named after it. I say that to say... When they first came out with the Roland TR-808 and I believe, 1982, the year of my birth, by the way, initially, it was a flop. People did not like the 808. It was like it wasn't real drums. It sounded fake, you know, and fast forward, you know, what I'm saying 38 years later, 808s run the world. 808 run the world. So much so there have been several documentaries on it. Um if you have Amazon Prime, there's a documentary on Amazon Prime right now called 808. Like that's so the name of it. So and crazy. I mean, and it, it touches on everything from Planet Rock to even some of the non hip hop mm-hmm. R&B music, like songs that I didn't even know. I'm like, I ain't even know. Like 808 made it to that genre. You, you know why I said four? Because most
0: R&B groups have four members. You know, what? that's
1: fair, that's fair. At least you were able that's to explain like, it. Hey, and it's not just like, man, why did that that like, th- say four? That was, that, was like,
0: that was like the magical number <laughs> yeah. of how many people you needed to really have in a group because it kind of went through the spectrum of male vocals, mm-hmm. right? Like, I'm, a, I'm an R&B guy. You know, I grew up as a, you know, I grew up as a singer, but you know, that was the magic. Was four because you had your, you know, your high, you know, kind of alto males all the way down to your, you know, your low baritone males, and so, and they all that. Were you thinking like boys the men? They all that range right there.
1: Yeah, Woo, yeah boys to men. Oh, man, that <laughs> taking us down and never. I
0: know, but I know. Um, so so before we before we, I'm definitely enjoying the conversation, Rick. You know me and you could we could just sit up here and talk all you know, all, all day,
1: all day, all day.
0: But uh, so so I want to talk about this. There's still a couple of things I want to talk about. I want to talk about how you now became a professor. Okay. Right. I do want to talk about beats and bars. For sure. For sure. Thank you. I want to talk about faders up. Right. So so you got to talk about all that. All in, right. Cool. In this, in Let's do one, it. And this one. So,
1: that that's fine, man. Like set a timer <laughs> or some or or just like write it down so I don't forget. All right. So real quick. I'm not gonna forget. All right. So real quick, how I got into Or a little bit about the teaching. So the reason why I brought up the TR-808 and how that connects to teaching now, Mm -hmm. because I am currently an adjunct professor at Belmont University here in Tennessee, which is one of the top... They have one of the top music programs in the entire world. Um, And I teach a course called Hip Hop Production Techniques. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, we started with a cultural overview. So, I mean, we've gone over everything from... From, you know, uh, like DJ Cool Hurt to, you know, 1520 uh, Cedric Ave where, you know, August 11th, 1973. They don't know that. I know, know that. man. So I'm breaking Hey, Yeah, I'm you got to So yes, the sir. official, the quote unquote official birth date of hip hop that many people consider is August 11th, 1973. The reason why is that date is because that was the first time um, j cool Herc legendary hip hop figure was throwing a back to school party for his for his sister i um, and that's when they first kind of found what's called a break beat the break the that's right. instrumental breakdown of a song with like the drum solo for lack of a better phrase, and what they would do is they would on two turntables they would just keep looping that part and going back that's back right. and forth back and forth to make a instrumental for the MC to talk their stuff. Yeah, y'all dance t- until uh, you don't stop. Stop, you know, whatever stuff like mm-hmm. that. So that's what people count as the birth of hip hop, but hip hop didn't have commercial success until mm-hmm. until Rapper's Delight was released in 1978, I believe. And shout out to black women because like it love it or hate it or whatever as far as that song whether it was real hip-hop or not Mm -hmm. it was produced by a black woman the very first hip-hop song that went platinum and hit the top 40 was produced by a black woman so shout out to all the black queens out there um so yeah so i'm teaching hip-hop production techniques um so far we we spent two weeks on crate digging and sampling um, this past week, we, all about drums. So we looked at the Linn drum, the, the DMX drum mm-hmm. machine, and the TR-808, which are arguably three of the most popular mm-hmm. hardware drum machines this coming week. You know, which diff- by the way,
0: I do want to interrupt, but which by the oh, way is how, D, is how DMX got his name, though.
1: Exactly. It's it's like two. It's another artist uh, or band named after that, too. Um, Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Matter of fact, um, because you may be like, how does he know all this random stuff when I'm doing my (laughs) when I'm researching and doing my. plans. So the the song. So the first hip hop song that people started to say, okay, that's real. That's not like popcorn or bubblegum. Uh, mm-hmm. was also produced by Sylvia Robinson, and that was 1982's The Message. Broken mm-hmm. glass everywhere. People beat on the stairs like they just don't mm-hmm. care. That beat, that wasn't a sample. So before hip-hop even oh, wow. got into sampling, that was made with a DMX drum machine and I think a profit synthesizer. Um, mm. But anyway, so yeah, so if you're more interested, man, sign up for my class. Go back to school. I do private lessons. <laughs> go, as well. back to, go back to um, school. Yeah, he yeah, tutoring. Yeah, I do do tutoring. But um, but yeah, the class the class is a blast. I love it. Um, mm-hmm. then, and this is a good segue. So you mentioned something about beats and bars. Right. So beats and bars is a is an interactive uh, music event series that I have. Um, imagine. Kind of like those type of events, like painting with a twist, where you kind of go out, you know, you 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 get your sip on, you enjoy some wine, you enjoy, you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying, some company, and you learn how to paint a portrait. So I thought that was really cool, but then I had the idea while I was in this um, artist-entrepreneur training program last year. Shout out to ABC Nashville. Um is that, you know, I was like, man, Nashville doesn't need another producer. We don't need another studio. What can I do that's different? And mm-hmm. I thought of that and I'm like, man, what if painting with a twist wasn't painting with a twist? It was actually making music. And so that's where the idea came from. So what so what you can expect at a virtual or an in-person Beats and Bards event, man, live DJ. So we got the party vibes going. The libations are flowing, you know, whether it's wine, your liquor of choice, whatever, or or water,
0: <laughs> Li- libations
1: <laughs> or or water. And then um, and then I walk you through step by step how to make your own hip hop beat mm. with no prior music experience needed. Mm. Now, now for my purists out there, I remember one of my co-hosts on Faders Up was like, I, I'm nervous about that, man, because whatever, if." What if here's is the thing this isn't doing anything different than than what software has already done right you know now it's a difference between being a beat maker and being a producer, right? so at beats and bars, you're learning how to make beats. You're not really learning how to like produce a song, mm-hmm. how to go in a studio, coach vocals, help write the song you're how to you're not learning all that stuff. But in a very relaxing party like atmosphere, you're learning a new skill and you're having fun while you're doing it. So that's the whole the whole focus of Beats and Bars Nashville is a party It's to have fun. And while we're partying and having fun, we're making a beat in the process. Now, if you come out and you're like, oh, I had so much fun, man, I think I really like this. I want to keep doing it. Then I also have Beats and Bars Academy, uh-huh, right? Okay. Where where I actually have a curriculum right now: entrepreneur, So not entrepreneur, entrepreneur one hundred and one, one hundred and two, and one hundred and three. Which these are courses you can sign up for. So this is just the training. There's no why. Are, are these
0: are these virtual classes?
1: Uh, right right now they're available virtually. Um so if you're in Atlanta, yes, you could sign up. Um but I am nice. looking to kind of once COVID kind of figures out what it's going to be. Cuz the COVID very first Yeah, the very first Beats and Bars event, the <laughs> inaugural event was on February 23rd here in Nashville and it was mm. in person um in partnership with another event called Shop Talk um, shout out. Shout out to Terry with that um, great event. Um, but since then, I've had to do it virtual. So, you yeah, have Beats and Bars Nashville for the party in an introduction to beat making. Then you got Beats and Bars Academy where you like, hey, I just I want to take some classes and learn how to do this. Mm-hmm. Um, Man, that's that's awesome.
0: See, and, you know, and I think that goes back to what you said, that. We already have a gazillion producers out here. You know, and that was, you know, we had conversations about this. And that was, that's what it was for me, is I'm in Atlanta, and we got a ton of producers. You know, Grammy, award-winning producers, mega producers, yeah. all the way down to I'm just trying to get started in being a producer. And here I am. I'm another producer in Atlanta. And I kind of wanted to do something different, which is what led me to create We Create Music TV. Because not many people were kind of doing what we're now I will tell you this: with COVID, everybody's now trying to do what I'm doing. Mm, Of course, like everybody, everybody is now doing interviews. Everybody, they weren't doing interviews at first. You know what I'm saying? Like now, they're trying to figure out a way to continue their brand. But anyway, and
1: and here's the thing: you have to be vigilant about because a lot of times, because in some ways you you've been trailblazing. It's not like nobody ever did interviews before, but the way you're doing it, the time in which you're doing it, and how you're you're leveraging your social equity, your social mm-hmm. currency is very good. Now, a mm-hmm. lot of times the people that do it first aren't always the people that are remembered, right? right? It's the people yep. that have had the benefit of seeing it and then mm-hmm. be like, Oh, I'ma fix, I'm gonna do everything he didn't do and do the stuff he did do. So, what you have to do, you basically, you have to, almost like a third party, you have to evaluate your own stuff as if you're looking at it for the first time, so you can still continue to remain cutting edge. You know what I'm saying? Um, that's right. Yeah, that's right. You know? And so, yeah, we, I mean, we can definitely talk offline, you know? And, yeah, of course. Always. Yeah.
0: Like, shoot, we are probably text
1: each other when this is over. <laughs> yeah, for sure. For sure, man. It's, uh this is cool, man. I'm, I am yep. I mean, once again, I'm super glad for the invite. And it's funny because this is very different in the same field, but different um, from my Faders Up podcast. Uh, so you mentioned that earlier. Mm-hmm. So for the people who don't know, I am one of the four co-hosts on a podcast called Faders Up. Um, it, it's me. It's Desiree. It's my man, super dope producer, Cadence, uh, Cadence Pat. Um, and then we have Chris or aka Czar. Um mm-hmm. and so no, I but
0: I don't mean to cut you off, but I say you can't just leave it as a just and we got Chris. I <laughs> like
1: that yeah, yeah, yeah better, <laughs> man, because sometimes you know what? Cause Desiree just recently started going by her by her full name. So okay. now I'm kind of like, I don't know whose real name to say, who's industry mm-hmm. moniker to use. But yeah, so, <laughs> so Zar, so Zar and I, Zar, myself, and Cadence know each other from a company here in Nashville called, um, called, uh, Creatives Day. And so mm-hmm. Creatives Day used to do these artist residencies, uh, where they, they pick like four of the top, you know, like top artists in, a, in town. Um, oh yeah, 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 I remember that pick a couple of producers, a couple of engineers and just lock in for, mm-hmm. you know, what I'm saying like a few months to produce music. Um, and so so I met Zar through that. So Zar had been kind of getting the push for a while. Like, man, you need to do a podcast, man, you need to do a podcast. Mm-hmm. And so when he finally started gearing up, I was one of the people I was I was humbled and fortunate enough that he considered reaching out to me and asking mm-hmm. me to be a part of it so we're about uh, we're about 18 episodes in right now so normally what we do so it's four of us and here's what I say is different from we create music TV we don't always do interviews mm-hmm. like we've done we've interviewed the product designer for DNA Labs instruments that make um, that make rack extension for reason mm-hmm. this Sunday we're interviewing a product specialist Specialist from Oral We also interviewed um, Jossie World, who's a, who's a singer songwriter up in New York. Phenomenal, mm, phenomenal mm. person. So we've done no three interviews, but a lot of times we'll just, and we've had a few guest hosts, right? We've mm-hmm. had a few guests drop in, but a lot of times we'll just have a topic. Right. Like we've talked about everything. Our latest episode, we talked about. Selling beats, Leasing mm-hmm. versus non-exclusive, all that. We've had episodes that weren't as fun and sexy, but important. <laughs> talk, talking about file management, right? We've oh, had, yeah, yeah, we've had episodes talking about mix theory. We've had, you know, what I'm mm. saying so. You know, we, you know, and you everyone, know, honestly,
0: yeah, that's kind of well We'll talk okay. about that later. Yeah, but yeah.
1: So, so yeah, so so I love the format of we create music, and you know, and of course. I got to return to fate. We got to have you on Faders Up podcast just to kind of talk about. I would love to hear the that's transition, right, that's right. How, how you kind of used your relationships, your experience as a producer, and then created this new platform mm-hmm. that's not that's still connected to producing. Like, I don't think if you never was a music creator. I don't think we would have we create music TV so it's mm. very connected you know so right. I would, it's
0: very connected it's very yeah.
1: connected yeah we would love to have yeah. you on man I'm yeah, speaking for everybody right now we, <laughs> we we would love to have you on
0: that's right Make, we make we, we'll make it would definitely make it happen so man so what's next man what's what's next for you what's next for you and where can people find you
1: cool good stuff good stuff um, so far where people can find me um and I guess we can put some stuff in the in the show notes. Yeah, um, but you can find me on Instagram at It's Pronounced O'Shea. You guys hyped the whole thing out, kind of like a pimp named Slickback on Boondocks. <laughs> so don't just, don't just put it, At O'Shea because you're not going to find me. You have uh-huh. to put At It's Pronounced O'Shea, O-S-H-A-Y. And then from that Instagram. From that Instagram page, you can get the link to to my website and all that stuff. See, and we'll we'll put in the notes as well.
0: See, now all I can hear is Cat Williams.
1: I'm <laughs> <laughs> oh, a pimp named Slickback. <laughs> like that's all I can like hear. See, you shouldn't even do Like a tribe called Quest. <laughs> <laughs> <Like a> tri- <laughs> Yo, I want to go watch Boondocks right now, but, but see, I I'm gonna have to
0: go watch Boondocks right now.
1: See, but I don't I don't think it's on Netflix. I thought it was at one point, but I don't think it is. Oh, what?
0: No, nah, I got all the episodes though, so. But, but it, it but, I got yeah, it's not yeah it don't it, it don't even face but it. I got them all but I have them all though
1: but uh um, yeah. but yeah and so so that's how you can find me as far as what I have coming up next so right now I'm in the middle of a boot camp we're right in sessions America so we have a boot camp going on this week um, kind of like a region by region competition um, so I've submitted a few songs for that so I'm waiting to hear back to see you know what that is I also have. A new song uh, with Genesis coming out soon. So I can't wait to hear what what our homie Fitzgerald Genesis. Eight, eight, eight Genesis laid Fitz. down, laid down on that on that hot track I sent him. Um and then of course I'm still going um we have like two more months left in a semester. So my goal, keep building with the hip hop class at Belmont University. And hopefully grow that to where, you know, next semester mm-hmm. I might have two classes or three classes. So. Hey,
0: so that's take the hope. Off.
1: Yeah, that's the hope, man. So, yeah.
0: Yeah, man. Yeah, that's, that's, that's awesome, man. I mean, you've been blessed, brother. I mean, I know you kind of went through the seven years of, of famine and then the seven years of, of plenty or, you know, even receiving more, uh, you know. So we always talk about it. But uh, I always wish you the best of I don't believe in luck, but I just wish you the best. And just in general, and you know oh, that
1: for sure, man. For sure, yeah, for sure. I de- for sure. Definitely appreciate it. Um, and if I can, kind of go into our uh, rapper mode real quick. Mode, uh oh, is, shout is, is, is he gonna bust a freestyle? Is that, nah, nah, got beats? nah, nah. Oh, I, I, ain't, I ain't, about to spit a flow. I just, <laughs> I just wanted to send a shout out. Uh, nah. So for um, shout out to my writing sessions, America fam. Um, such a great, uh, close knit community. Shout out to my Belmont University fam, my Creatives Day fam. Shout out to my Syndicate fam. You know, B Vaughn is is one of four. Um, shout out to my Faders Up Podcast fam. Um definitely um, you know, shout out to all my friends' family. Um shout out to my friend Christy in Dallas, Texas for tuning in. And, what are you, you know. What are you you think you're winning like an award? So what? You think
0: you winning an award? Is that what you're doing?
1: This is an award. <laughs> man. I've been awarded with the the honor and privilege of being with We Create Music TV. But anyway, shout out to Christy. He he kinda cut your shout out off. But uh yeah.
0: My so anyway, bad. Shout out to Christy.
1: Yeah, I'm done. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I was like, wait a minute. He like this boy, he won an award. <laughs>
1: Oh no. Nah, never mind, I can't do that. <laughs> oh
0: no, go ahead. Go ahead.
1: No, nah, go, go ahead. Do no, one go one ahead. All go right. Go ahead. Shout shout out to my eclectic fam. Uh here in Nashville. S Rap. Keep doing what you're doing, brother. If you know, you know. That's all I'm gonna say.
0: If you know, you know. I do not you know, I gotta I guess I need to know. So put me on. Let me find out. Yeah, yeah, we we can talk <laughs> all, we talk offline. That's not all right, officially bet.
1: Public Bet. stuff,
0: but man, it's been a pleasure to have you on the show, brother. I appreciate you joining us virtual, right? Because this is really the first time since COVID hit that we really getting that we've really gotten back into doing interviews. We've done a whole bunch of other things, but you know, we all of our interviews used to be face to face, live right here in this in the studio. But now with COVID, and you know, kind of even far reaching, to have even more guests who may not live here in Atlanta. And so I want to absolutely thank you and welcome you for being the first, the very first virtual. Let's let's put that in there. Let's put that in there. The very first guest on We Create Music TV virtual, Virtual. I guess. Yeah. Right. So appreciate it, brother. Thank you very much for being here. And uh, once again, thank you for sharing your experience and your knowledge. Uh, So thank you very much.
1: Without, thank you, brother.
0: And to all the people watching, thank you very much for tuning in. Of course, you can always catch us at www.wecreatemusic.tv. You can catch all of our interviews every Monday and every Thursday at 7 p.m. On Thursday, you can catch the live stream version. And on Monday, you can catch our recorded one that we actually do on, on Saturdays. But you'll get a chance to kind of see a lot more of our music creators, musical entrepreneurs on we right here on wecreatemusic.tv. So once again, thank you very much for tuning in. Y'all have a great great evening, morning, whatever it may be wherever you are. And thank you once again. And we're out. Peace. Peace.